film, High Fidelity. High Fidelity based on the book by Nick Hornby of the same name. The movie is set in the 90s, early 90s, and Rob, who loves a good list, is recounting throughout the movie his five greatest breakup stories, all while trying to win over this girl, Laura. So he does what all good lovers did in the 80s and the 90s. He makes her a mixtape, a compilation of songs placed in perfect order to express how you feel about someone. If done correctly, a mixtape could, could change your life forever. And so Rob shares his secrets. He is among the best of the mixtape makers. Many do's and don'ts, he says. First of all, you're using someone else's poetry to express how you feel, and this is a delicate thing. You got to kick it off with a killer to grab their attention. Then you got to take it up a notch, but you don't want to overdo it. So then you got to cool it off a notch. There are a lot of rules, he says. It's hard expressing how you feel for someone. Using your own words with the intensity of emotion that rises up inside of you, the words often come out in a jumble. And so we turn to someone else's poetry to find those words we can't say, hallmark cards, love songs, romantic poets. Couples often have a song they claim is their own, poetry set to music that captures their relationship perfectly. Marty, do do you remember our song? From when we were, it was the carpenters close to you, or they long to be close to you. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Because they, just like me, they long to be close to you. She used to sing that to me all the time. It was, it was so sweet. She could never have come up with such sappy sentiment on her own. But it was the perfect song that displayed her desire to be close to me. And that's what a good mixtape does. The perfect songs chosen, arranged, that express your feelings, what's deep down inside, giving words to those things you can't give words to. And so it is with our faith. There's a lot about our faith we can't name, we can't say, emotion that we have a hard time to speak. And so our faith gives us a mixtape. We call it the book of Psalms, this collection of songs arranged that lay out the full span of human emotion. Over the next six weeks throughout our journey in Lent, we're going to look at six of those best Songs in, in the book of Psalms, a mixtape that will travel that, emo- that range of emotion that we experience in our relationship with God. And I hope that in the midst of that tape, we, saw, we find some song that resonates with us. We're going to pair it with some real songs. Check one of our mixtape. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Written by Elton John and Bernie Tappan in 1975, recorded on Elton's Blue Moves album, reaching number one on the adult contemporary charts. It describes a relationship in trouble, peril, it's falling apart. Lovers so caught up in themselves in winning an argument in being right that they can't say sorry. Listen to Elton John's pain.
can sway if you need to. sadder from there. You can feel the pain, the agony, someone trying to hold on to a relationship as it fails, yet the one word that could change it all, sorry, never uttered. With this as our first song on our mixtape, it suggests this relationship might be in trouble. Now, the B side, the flip side of our mixtape contains an arrangement of psalms. The first one is Psalm 32, another song that sings of that power of sorry. It resonates with Elton John's song. Yet this song is written on the other side of that word. Sorry has been said, and the psalmist begins the song in a triumphant triumphant manner. Happy, the psalmist sings. Some translations render it blessed, but the meaning is the same. Happy, blessed, not when everything goes your way, but when you mess up and your transgressions are forgiven anyway. Happy are you when your sins are covered. The song describes that pain that Elton John sings about when I kept silence, the psalmist sings, when I did not confess and say, sorry, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. My strength was dried up by the, as by the heat of the summer. It was a sad, sad situation, and it got more and more absurd. When I do something wrong, my initial inclination is to try to explain it away. Did what I say offend you? Well, I'm sorry, you you probably heard me wrong because my intentions are always good. Why are you so sensitive anyway? I mean, you can't be mad at me. I, I, I had good intentions. Besides, you do the same thing all the time. I mean, just last week, you said that very same things to me. Not that I'm keeping tabs or anything. At least I've heard Marty say that to me. I would never say such things to her. Sorry. But we dig in our heels, don't we? In our relationships, we argue and argue defending ourselves to death when all we really need to say is sorry. When I kept silence, my body wasted away. But after resisting the psalmist sings out more. After holding out almost to the point of death, she sings. She confesses and then finds redemption. I have a confession to make today. And the confession is that confession is not something I like and it's not something we in, quote, liberal churches talk much about. Many of us come out of traditions that focused heavily on confession. Every Sunday, we usually throw it in as a prayer during Lent, but every Sunday teaching that any sin that has been committed and not explicitly named before God would not be forgiven. 
The guilt we carry with that mentality is often unbearable. I remember wondering as a child if I were to get into a fatal car accident and yell out a strain of profanity just before the accident happens and I die, I'd go to hell because I didn't have the time to say, dear God, forgive me for just cursing. It was a bit messed up. Such guilt-induced sentiment misses the whole point of confession. That confession isn't a required action that you must do to escape punishment and earn God's forgiveness and love. But the love is already there. The love is always there. God's love and forgiveness ready to be given, already given. Confession is about me, not God. Confession is admitting that I messed up. Being honest about who I am and what I've done to confess I am not perfect. I've messed up my words, my actions. They've hurt people. I've done things. I've left some things undone. And even when I have the best of intentions, I still screw it all up. There's great freedom in admitting the truth and letting go of the lies we tell ourselves and finally being honest about yourself. Confession heals. Confession restores. It tears down walls and opens ourselves to God's love, to others' love, to love that is already there, ready and waiting. Realizing God's love, the power of forgiveness, the psalmist sings out, you are my hiding place. You always fill me up with songs of deliverance. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Letting go of the guilt, the stubbornness, the dishonesty, the psalmist finds joy and rest in God. Finally, being able to to admit himself who he really is, he can rest in God's hiding place. The psalmist then turns the song to instruction. This is what I've experienced. Now you should do the same. Don't be stubborn like a mule, the psalm sings out. Admit your faults. Say you're wrong like I did. Say you're sorry and you can experience this blessedness too because many are the torments of the wicked, tormented from the pain they cause themselves and others, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in God. True joy, the psalmist says, awaits those who confess and the song ends in great celebration, a triumphant note. Be glad, rejoice, shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Now, Elton John's song, well, it doesn't quite end so joyfully. The agony continues and at the end, he's right back to where he started. What do I do to make you love me? What I got to do to make you heard, to be, to be heard? What do I do when lightning strikes me? Yeah, what have I got to do? What have I got to do when sorry seems to be the hardest word? And you can hear from the scriptures, the psalmist singing out, confess. It's the answer. When in doubt, confess. Confess you're wrong. Confess you're not enough. Confess you've messed up and that you'll probably mess up again. Why don't we give it a try, if you like, if you're up for the challenge. Repeat this basic confession after me. I am human. I am am sinful. I am am frail. I am am limited. I I mess up. I I am sorry. See, it's not that hard. (laughs) And it feels good to just say it. 
to be honest about what we already know. And here's the gospel truth. We fail, but we are never failures. For we serve a God who always loves, always forgives, even when we can't make our confession. A God who hides us away, protecting us, filling our mouths with those great songs of deliverance, even when we have a hard time speaking the words ourselves. A God who breathes new life into our dried up bodies. That's why we can confess with the psalmist, singing it out, happy are those whose sin is covered up by the steadfast love of God. Beloved of God, be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Shout for joy, O righteous, and all you upright in heart, for God's love will never, ever let us go. Amen. And let us sing of God's love that never lets us go as we approach God's table of love.